DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to talk with our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Gonzaga, UCLA. Tell me the last time you saw a better game. Oh, my goodness. Uh, never in the NCAA tournament that I can remember, ever. Uh, maybe if Gordon Hayward had made that three-quarter shot for Butler, that might have capped it. But, uh, no, it was it was phenomenal. And, uh, and obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for the Zags just, just because of Mark Few and because of the connections to the WCC and everything else. But uh, it was uh, it was hard not to to pull for UCLA. And, and Johnny Juzang, he's easily a household name. I don't know if he goes out or he stays or whatever the circumstances, but uh, Kentucky must be killing themselves. I don't know why he left Kentucky, but uh, he's a very special guy, man. Incredible game. What do you think that other teams can pull from Gonzaga in terms of elevating their program in the WCC or even really in the West, whoever it might be? You know, I mean, it, it starts with recruiting and 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 finding guys that uh, you know the little and maybe maybe it might just be the transfer portal that helps programs elevate. I mean, there's some great coaches in the WCC, but. It's it's not a destination for a lot of guys around the country, and uh, but now with the transfer portal not having to sit out, uh, I think you've got to have a keen eye on that. Uh, obviously, Coach Few has done this the right way for a long time, and uh, you know they're as good as anybody in the country. Obviously, pretty much year in and year out, and they've established something that's not easy to do in a small community like that. But he has and. You know, he's had great assistance. He's been, I think the real key is he's been able to recruit internationally and find a niche there and get connections with, uh, you know, people around the world. And, uh, and that's really what's allowed them. I mean, their international connections and the players they brought in, you know, they're not four-year guys necessarily. But between that and then, uh, you know, developing players like they do, uh, they've got a pretty special thing going on. So, I think the international connection has been a big, big part of it because um, I, I don't remember the one assistant coach's name, but uh, I know they've they had a couple of assistants over the years that have really, really helped them uh, elevate their program, much like Australia did for St. Mary's for so many years as well in the conference. But, uh, you know, between St. Mary's, DYU, who has connections worldwide and, and, and obviously has a more unique situation, everybody else has just kind of been up and down. And uh, so I think it starts with recruiting. I, I think there's coaching styles and techniques and the way people do things. But it's about players. You have to have players year in and year out that buy into that culture. And, you know, I, I, I listen to Mark Few talk about joy a lot. And, and obviously it's easier to talk about joy when you're winning. But, you know, just talking about his great team chemistry. And it's not that easy to bring guys in for a year or two and get people to buy in. You got to have a special staff to do that, and great support system. So, uh, congratulations to them, and uh, and you know to Baylor, and that'll that'll be an interesting matchup tonight. You know, obviously, I don't know Jalen Suggs, and I haven't interviewed him, but it does seem like if you're trying to get chemistry, and you've had a group that's been together and been successful, successful to bring in a really talented one and done is tricky. And I'm sure the coaches deserve some credit. But Suggs seems to have the personality. He's kind of in all shucks mode in the post game. He doesn't talk about himself a lot unless he's asked directly about himself. Um, 
you know, Timmy's been there a while, and so I think everybody kind of rolls with his antics. Personally, he kind of grates on me with the whole stash nonsense, blowing kisses of the crowd, whatever junk he's doing after a dunk. But it, it seems that the coaching staff kind of rolls with these individual personalities because these guys do seem to be at different places on the spectrum. They, they are, because they come from all over the world. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they've all had different experiences, and Timmy's experiences growing up were different than Suggs. And, and so you, you have to give a great deal of credit to, to the coaching staff for the chemistry that they do have. But with Suggs, you know, I, I'm, I'm like you. I mean, I don't know a lot about him. I've watched him play six or seven times. Um, but he, you know, he seems to relish the moment, and he's still like, you know, he's still a young kid. And obviously he's going to be, you know, one of the first two or three picks in the, in the draft. Uh, but I think that the, the reason that that works is because there is an established program there. Uh, I mean, Kispert is a guy that's been in that program for four or five years. You have leadership in, in kind of player-led teams that, that Gonzaga has had. And it's one thing for a coach to kind of do that on their own, but it's way more successful when internally your players lead teams. And so for a young phenom freshman who knows he's probably only going to be there for a year, uh, they got one thing in mind, and that's winning a national championship. And so uh, I don't, again, the dynamics of that team, but I would just take Kispert, somebody that's been in that program for a long time. He sits down with the Suggs and says, hey, we got a chance to win a national championship here. This is how we do things here. So most great teams that I've seen, they get, yeah, they've had great leadership at the top and staffs, but internally player-led teams usually – uh, do special things, and, you know. Whether for for some programs it might just be winning a conference championship, for others it's a national championship. So uh, I, I see those differences, but I think there's not only do you got to give great, great credit to the leadership of the coaching staff, but internally players they they make a big difference. They make the most difference, to be honest with you. I mean, great teams usually have great leaders within themselves, and I'm not talking about the coaches. I'm talking about players, and I think. Gonzaga's had that year in and year out. They just had that chemistry, and uh, it works. It works for them, and then they continue to get really good players. I think under their circumstances, the fact that they do not have football, they can just pour a ton of energy and resources into basketball has benefited them. Yeah, it has. And, and I think you hear Mark talk about the president. You hear him talk about the athletic director – you know, in, in terms of they know they've got something pretty special. And uh, it's a unique environment. I don't know. They have seven, 8,000 people in their little arena. I've been in there a few times. And uh, so, no, that's what they are. They know who they are. And you're right. they got all the resources in the world to put into that program where others are having to divvy that up. And let's face it, you get into the WCC and the Mountain West, and, I mean, everybody's really, really hurting. Financially, I mean, I, I just been talking to friends and talking to coaches and administrators. It is a big time struggle. I, I don't think it's a big time struggle uh, at Gonzaga. You know, they've got it's a private school. Uh, it's it's something that they know who they are, and that basketball program kind of drives it. And you know, it, it's not easy for anybody during the COVID. But uh, this has been a long term relationship with administration and at coaching staff that have been on the same page. And you don't always get that in every athletic program. So we've been watching Gonzaga a lot. Uh, I have not been watching Baylor as much. What <laughs> shot do you give Baylor at beating Gonzaga? 
you know, I'm like you. Uh, I, I've seen bits and pieces of them. Uh, I, I'll tell you the one thing they do have that I believe wins championships in, in the postseason is they got good guards. They got four or five of them. And, and so uh, I, I didn't know a lot about them. And uh, I've watched them maybe play. I haven't watched them play a full game. I, it just highlights and those kinds of things. But uh, Butler, Mitchell, Teague, those three guards are, are really, really good. And when Kelvin Sampson talks about their great guard play and dealing with the, you know, the pressure that, that Houston, I mean, they, they didn't seem to be bothered by it, the highlights that I saw and a little bit of the game that I watched. So I, I would say that anytime the strength of your team is guard play, uh, you've got a chance. And, and obviously the, these guys have been pretty good. So uh, to just drill, Houston couldn't, could not make a basket and, uh, they're not a great shooting team anyway going in. I think everybody kind of knew that. But when you look at what Scott Drew has done there um, over the years and taking over a program and building something pretty special, you got to, you know, your hat's off to him. And, he, you know, between his dad and his brother, I mean, these are great people. Again, go back to really good people, really good cultures that have been established and developed. But, Again, with my limited understanding and knowledge of that team, I would just say that everything I've read and, and the few minutes that I've watched, that's the thing that stood out to me was they had great guard play. And uh, when you got the ball in the hands of good guards, anything can happen. Now, you know, will they match up with Timmy? This is a pretty strong physical team as well in Baylor. So uh, I'm sure they'll have a great game plan. I can't imagine this being a blowout, to be honest with you. I mean, i got to imagine that they've both been through a lot. It'll be a kind of a grind-out game. But uh, the advantage, I think, goes to Gonzaga just because they, they've just had – they've got the inside-outside. And Timmy is – you're right, he can be a little obnoxious at times. But in, 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 a, in a way, I mean, it kind of reminds me of McKelly, Wesley, coaching him you know, 20 years ago. You don't see a lot of players with their back to the basket doing the things these guys do. I mean, they, you just don't see many, much of it. You know, everything's perimeter-oriented. And I, and I watched – Timmy playing, and I thought, you know, that's why I love McKelly so much, is, is that he had the ability to score so many different ways and uh, get to the free throw line, and that, that was the, the big key. I mean, all the tugs did, and the block, and the one-handed half-court pass for a dunk, and, and the amazing three, they don't win that game without Timmy. I mean, he, he dominated inside. I want to talk to you about recruiting with Craig Smith. He's taken over, and he's going to look under every rock, and he's going to recruit nationally. And obviously, you've already discussed the international situation. But I wonder, you know, as as you look at programs and how they had success, when Majerus took over the Ute program, he had connections in the Midwest. That's where he was from. And he brought some guys out to Utah, and almost all of them, didn't really pan out and they transferred because maybe a situation in the Midwest, you're not familiar with the culture that's dominant here in our city. And so then when he starts going to the West coast, getting the local kids, getting the West coast, whether it be Doliac in Portland and obviously Andre Miller, Brandon, Jesse, Keith Van Horn, guys from California, then that, re- that program really took off at another level. It sounds good to want to recruit nationally, but do you think it's in the best interest in, in terms of some schools, using Utah as an example, BYU also, to maybe not 
go nationally because you need guys to be able to live in your community and be happy there? And is it better to where they might be a little more regional? Do you buy anything that I'm saying there? Yeah, no, I understand. And I think initially it's really important. I mean, I've been in situations where you have to rebuild and uh, and you're constantly reconciling, you know, uh, short-term goals or with your long-term, really, what's your vision for the program? And and I think people realize that the the cupboard's pretty empty. There are a lot of guys have left, and they they got some work to do. I think the key thing is to be careful about uh, doing things too quickly. I mean, yeah, you got to have a competitive team, and you got to find the very best. I mean, we've talked about this on the show a lot, but the portal does give you an option that Rick Majerus, Steve Cleveland, and everybody else that ever had to build a program. You, you, it was hard to find a quick fix. The portal can do that, and the one thing that's nice about the portal is you've got so much data that before, you know, you, you, you know what he looks like. There's tape on him at the collegiate level, you know. You know what are being said by the people that are closest to him. So the portal is something that is there today that hasn't been there in the past that made it more difficult to rebuild. And because there is a tendency, and there and there to just go out and get the best player, and sometimes that doesn't work. And so you're right. I think you do find a little niche here and there, and you have to you have to have that. And you know, coaches he, he's recruited internationally, uh, and it, it's not usually with international recruiting. You have to have relationships with the you know those countries and with with their uh, their country's teams, their national teams, and the, the pro leagues and everything that's going on wherever you're recruiting internationally. I think. Coach has some of those things already because the big fella inside. So I, I don't know all of his connections, but that. But the two things I would do first of all is look to the portal and look to what's happening internationally, and then be careful that you don't get in a hurry and make mistakes because you know in the past that that impacted APR. You hardly even hear or talk about APR anymore. You know, in, in terms of eligibility and those kind of things. But 15, 20 years ago when we were doing this. All of those things played in a, a major role. So uh, I agree with you. I, I do believe you need to find your niche and know who you are. And hey, and, and you may not always get the best kid in Utah, but the, the thing about young people from Utah is there's great high school coaches there. Uh, there has been a lot of success with the Utah kids. And, and I don't think just because the program's down a little bit that you don't continue to recruit those and you develop relationships. Smith, Coach Smith's been in the – the, the 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 state for three years. I mean, he's got to know everyone. So he, and he's had great success getting to the tournament three times. So he is in a position, unlike someone else who comes in brand new and doesn't know anybody. He already has relationships. So internationally, relationships that you currently have. But I, I I do like the niche idea. You you need to know where you're successful, and and I think that at Utah. They'll figure that out. It's it, it's not going to happen instantly unless they just get a couple of big time players out of the portal that change everything. Uh, but you know, like I said before, I think we talked a week or two ago. The key thing is be smart, take your time, don't don't get in a hurry and realize long. You're looking at the long term here. There may be some challenging times the first year or two, but ultimately to kind of rebuild this thing, it does take time. And if you're impatient. Uh, you can pay for that in a lot of different ways, and and I don't, I don't see that happening to be honest with you. But I've watched enough college 
basketball and I've watched enough programs and know enough coaches that when everybody tries to do it quickly, it usually doesn't work real well. So in the NBA, PK and I have had a little discussion going here, and we won't hold you to this. You might refine this uh, opinion over the next two or three weeks or whatever. But with three, four, five, six in flux, there's obviously seven good, very good teams in the West, assuming everybody's healthy and the Lakers aren't right now. But the Jazz sitting at one, who should they prefer in the four or five series for a potential second round series? And who would it be okay if they went up to two, three or down to six, seven and went to the other side of the bracket? You know, I, I, I was, I've, I've been looking at this thing and, and, you know, first of all, you, you look at the Jazz, and they, you know, obviously they've <clears throat> won nine games in a row. And uh, this week, they've got a couple of challenges this week. And and but you, you got to figure. I mean, they're, they're, I, I don't see there's any way that Utah doesn't win this thing. And so that being said, especially with the uh, the, the later April May schedule. And so when I when I look at the teams, who they match up with, who I'd want to play. Uh, I mean, I, it's possible the Lakers could be a seven or an eight by then or maybe playing i mean i don't know when if these two guys don't come back uh i mean there, there's not much difference between the bottom and and uh in the middle of this thing so uh i don't i don't think you want to play the lakers if they get healthy again and all of a sudden they finish fifth and uh that 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 wouldn't be a great way to start uh i, I think for utah uh it, it's a situation that i think with with dallas memphis portland those are all teams that uh, probably are going to be six, seven, eight around there. The, the four and fives you're looking at, really, I, I don't think you want to play Denver again. <laughs> you know, I, 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 would, I mean, Denver could finish fourth, and they could finish third. I mean, depending. Uh, I, I, I actually like Utah uh, playing the Clippers. I, 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 I wouldn't. I, I think they they match up and they they've got good guard play, but. Uh, you know, I, I don't know where Phoenix is going to finish. I, I, I think I would, I would rather personally play Phoenix if I'm Utah. I'd like to see Phoenix and maybe uh, Portland, you know, in that 4-5 spot if Portland continues. I mean, it just depends where the, the Lakers end up. I mean, the Lakers, let's just say the Lakers are nowhere near fourth or fifth. They're six, seven, eight. Those guys don't come back for two or three more weeks. I, I want to play Phoenix. Uh, I want to play Portland. And those two teams could slip into that four or five spot. I don't want to play Denver. Um, I, I just think that they, they seem, they've won five in a row. They seem to be getting their mojo back. They, they've added some pieces. Uh, but I, that's who I'd want to play. I, I, I'd want to play Phoenix. I'd want to play Portland. And they both have a chance there. Uh, I take that back what I said about the Clippers. I don't want to play the Clippers first round. Uh, I, I don't want to play them because they're – they're just too dangerous, and and uh, so that that's my feelings. I don't think the Lakers are going to be a piece of it. I mean, that'd be terrible for the Jazz to have to play the Lakers, who finish fifth and get healthy, and all of a sudden that's a really, really, really tough first round matchup. So those are my thoughts. I mean, if I was coaching, I'd rather play. I, I think Memphis probably finishes seventh or eighth. Dallas, Dallas has won four or five in a row, so. Uh, I'd rather play Dallas too. I'd rather play Dallas. I'd rather play Portland. Rather play uh, uh, Phoenix, uh, just because the Clippers, Denver, and the Lakers have a lot of star power. They're well coached, and if they're all healthy, that's not who you want in a first round matchup. 
Start of the day, Steve. Dallas started nine and fourteen. They've gone eighteen and seven. They have definitely no. been figuring stuff out. Steve, yeah, they have. Yeah, we got to run. We appreciate it, Steve. Thanks for talking hoops Thanks. with you, Thanks, and we will guys. talk to you next week. See ya. Bye-bye. Steve in our basketball insider, a solid dose of basketball every week with Steve. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome Andrew Reinhardt, Wasatch Medical Clinic. And Andrew, uh, for a lot of guys going to uh, talk to a doc about ED, they'd rather not do it. They'd probably rather just get the pill and not have to talk to other people about it. And yet you have guys who stop taking the pill and come talk to you. Why do you think that <laughs> yes, is? Yes, we do. Uh, and, and we're probably only seeing a sliver of the men struggling with ED because so many guys do nothing. I would say if you're out there struggling in the bedroom and the pill is working fantastically for you, no side effects, excellent results, keep doing what you're doing. There is no need to come see us. If the pill makes you nervous, if the side effects are affecting you or the pill isn't working all that well or you just don't like medication, our acoustic wave therapy at Wasatch Medical uh, can be a game changer. It's clinically proven to open up very gently and regrow blood vessels in this part of the body that's known as neovascularization. With just a few short treatments over two to three weeks, we have seen guys turn back the clock, get enough improved blood flow that they don't have to take the pill anymore, and really get the spontaneity back into the relationship. So uh, if you're struggling, this can be a great alternative to the medication. All right. The uh, patients that you're talking to over and over, are there a couple themes when you talk to them, something they tell you? They generally say, uh, I've been hearing you for a long time, and I waited as long as possible to call it because I didn't want to. (laughs) So they all delay. They all wait. But then they go through the treatments, and it's way better than people think. Uh, This is not invasive. It's not painful. A treatment is 10 minutes. That is it. You can come in on your lunch break. So it always sounds more intimidating than it is. Think of this. Two to three weeks from now, you could be done with the treatments, Get rid of the erectile dysfunction and get rid of the pills. All right. If you want to call, the number is 801-901-8000. Even if you don't want to call, the number is 801-901-8000. Andrew at the Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000. Andrew, thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Seven seconds to go. Six seconds. Juzang in the paint. Fade away. No. Got his own rebound. Slithers to the rim and lays it in. Three seconds to go. We're tied at 90. Here comes Suggs. Long three for the win. Banks it home. Banks it home. Jalen Suggs. A deep banked three to Sten Gonzaga. One step closer to history. Well, you screw around doing that after practice and in an empty gym. That's one thing. And everyone goes nuts on the rare occasion and goes in. But to do it in overtime at the Final Four, to send your team through to the title game, that was something else. And there's an argument to be made that that wasn't even the best play he made in the clutch in that game, PK. Hmm, I don't know about that. Well, it's a game winner, so I get that. But how do you possibly make a play that big? The block at the rim with two minutes to go and then chasing the ball down and throwing that perfect 45-foot bounce pass? That was sensational. Well, I like the play. I like how Gonzaga inbounded the ball real quick, got the ball above the free-throw line on the pass, so that saved a second or two. 
and Suggs had no impediment to the time he pulled up. Now, at the time he pulled up, you don't want to foul him. You know, maybe earlier try to impede him a little bit, but that didn't happen. And it was a casual jump shot. I mean, it wasn't like he was a hoist. It was a chuck. When on the bank, you know, I think that's part of uh, your momentum going full steam ahead. But get yep. it up there and see what happens. And sure enough, he banks it home to where the L.A. Papers had in their headlines, bank robber. Nice. <laughs> so now it's Baylor and it's Gonzaga tonight. To finish the deal, can Gonzaga get it done? They're four-and-a-half-point favorites. I think they're going to do it, but I can't guarantee anything. That's the magic of March Madness. Well, it's April now, so that doesn't really count. But, uh, yeah, I absolutely guarantee it, and I'm going to take it a step beyond that. This is Mark Few's last game. He takes the job at Carolina tomorrow. (laughs) Doesn't even go home for the parade. Peace out, yo. I've been to the mountaintop. Next! Chapel Hill, here I come. Go does the full Chris Peterson. Good night, everybody. Jazz are playing tonight. You're going to hear both games here on the Zone Sports Network. Jazz pregame at 4. Tip-off at 5. The uh, college basketball game at 7. NCAA title game will be on 1280 The Zone. The Jazz game will be over on uh, 97.5 The Zone. And after the Jazz are done, then you'll hear the game on on both signals uh, the rest of the way for Gonzaga and Baylor. Jazz and Mavericks tonight, they get three playoff teams in a row in Dallas tonight, back home for uh, Phoenix on Wednesday, and then they've got a Thursday game with Portland. So this is a pretty good stretch right here, and... You can't really replicate the playoffs in the regular season, but this will have to do. If you're looking for something, some kind of measuring stick or something, hold on to this, because the next thing that we would see that would really matter are those two games with the Lakers and three days in L.A., but we don't know that the Lakers are going to be healthy, and it's getting late enough that even if they do have their guys back, and Yach's already shaking his head, they ain't having them back, DJ. Even if they are back, they'll barely be back, and they could be on a minutes restriction. Hard to believe now that that's going to be a real test in the way that we thought it was going to be when we saw the second half of the schedule. Oh, not at all. I, I, I seriously doubt Anthony Davis would be back. And LeBron, whenever he wants to come back, that's when he comes back. And away he goes there. But I don't think it's going to be at that point. So, no, that's that's become completely and totally watered down. Because the Lakers, without those two, they suck. I mean, they're not even close to a playoff team. Uh, they're, I mean, you saw that Jordan went away. The Bulls were a contending team. Yeah, they still won 55 games in a playoff yeah. series and yeah. seven-gamer yeah. in round two. Right. And so here, wow. Now, it's two guys rather than one, so it's not a fair comparison. But, I mean, you saw them against the Clippers yesterday. They struggled to score at all. And then Drummond hurts his big toe, so that's been second. Maybe maybe this isn't the year of the Lakers, and this isn't the year of LeBron. Maybe all these things – uh, you know, haven't destroyed him, but they caught a, sort of caught up to him a little bit in terms of not being able to just be the Godzilla basketball player that mm-hmm. you've been for so long. Maybe this is what we see, and some because you know we we, we thought that all oh, with the Golden State, you know, it's going to be unstoppable for X amount of years. Well, injuries did him in, and now injuries have done him in. Durant leaves, and, and they're they're. Not a great team by any stretch. They're an okay team. 
but that's about it, and maybe that's what the Lakers might be this year. So all this fear and concern about the Lakers, maybe we're just worrying about stuff that doesn't matter. Or maybe those two guys get healthy and just blow past everybody and say, we told you we're the beasts. I'm still the king, man. I'm 36 years old. Because now he's starting to get to where if he were to start winning some more, we start doing stuff that hasn't been done in a long while, maybe ever. I don't go back the NBA really past uh, before 1980. Uh, but, you know, at 36, and I think, didn't Jordan, wasn't he 36 when he won that last one? Yeah, I think so. And that's about where Bill Russell wrapped it up, too. I mean, he was in college for four years and then played 13 in the pros. So that's, I don't know when his birthday falls, but that puts him at 35, 36. And that's about where it ends for Russell. That's about where it ends for Jordan. You know, is this going to be the second time in three years that LeBron isn't healthy enough to compete for the title? Yeah. Well, I want to say I hope so, but I can't say that because I never root against injuries. But if they happen, so be it. <laughs> and if you could take advantage of it, whoever you are, yeah, uh, you don't give it back. Absolutely not. Jazz three and a half games in front of the Suns. They will play Wednesday night. Clippers are third. They are six back. Denver is charging. We just had Steve Cleveland on, uh, and he pointed out how well the Nuggets are playing now. They made the Aaron Gordon trade, and so they are now fourth place, seven back. They're only a game behind the Clippers, so the Nuggets charging, looking good. Well, they're a player. They are a player. Locke was talking about on Friday that he gives the Nuggets the same chance as the Jazz, and then he said, well, you know, maybe this regular season – well, because of the circumstances, doesn't count as much as a normal regular season. Now, uh, you know, let's call it like it is. He's a big-time fan, so he tries to soften the blow uh, if they should lose. It wasn't their fault. It was this or that. I don't necessarily put the Nuggets on the level of the Jazz, but they most definitely are charging, as you say. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Aaron Gordon. He's uh, he's been given something here, but how will he perform in the playoffs? You know, he was in Orlando, so you don't get a lot of playoff experience playing in Orlando. No, these you days. don't. But they were getting nothing there, so, so something yeah. better than nothing. And the pressure will be on the Joker, and he is playing at a very high level. And uh, Murray's played a little better lately, so. It's not like it's all going to fall. You know, you were talking about um, Millsap slipping, and even though they got a nice win and their five starters all went to town, and Millsap played like six minutes and went 0 for 4. Yeah, he's done. Just screams the end of the line. It happens to everybody, so there's no no shame in that. Father time and and all that. That's why the the acquisition of Aaron Gordon was really good. But I think the Jazz are better than Denver. As I look at it and try to look at it as objectively, knowing I have bias – I believe that they're better. They're a better team. So I'm not fretting them in the postseason. I obviously don't think that it's a walk in the park, but I'm not fretting them. I think the Jazz are a better team. Dallas tonight at 5, Phoenix Wednesday, Portland Thursday. Good week for the Jazz. Three of the top seven teams in the West. Three of the top six chasing the Jazz, obviously. All right, and then the other thing we had, uh, Mike Weir. You taped an interview with him uh, last week. We played it this morning and uh, touched on a lot of topics. There were many things, many takeaways from that. I did love in passing how he talked about Gary Player trying to get five more yards uh, off the tee, and player like, oh, I'm 15 years under my age. I had to look it up to see how old Gary Player was. Figured he had to be 80, he had to be over 80, but I didn't know how far, and he's 85. He's shooting 70 at 85? Gary Player, way to go, dude. 
That is awesome. Well, yeah, and that's the exception. I mean, he's been big on the physical fitness for mm-hmm. many, many years. So he's uh, delayed uh, Father Time a little bit with his commitment. And he's done all that type of stuff. He's been out there. I remember, I think him and Bill Clinton did some stuff as far as when uh, President Clinton lost some weight. And uh, he was reporting on golf uh, telecast with Gary. But, yeah, that's the kind of deal that you get with Mike Weir. Mike Weir put on uh, Instagram this morning him driving down Magnolia Lane. I mean, the Masters is the ultimate as far as I'm concerned. Every week, every year that it comes up, I'm so I'm super excited. I think it's the best individual accomplishment. I couldn't imagine, as Mike Weir can imagine, because he's been there, walking up 18. Now, he won in a playoff, if I recall, mm-hmm. so it wasn't necessarily that. But getting that green jacket and all that stuff, I don't know that there's anything uh, symbolically cooler in sports. All right, DJ PK, that's what we have been talking about this morning. The NCAA tournament, the Jazz and the Mavericks, big week for the Jazz, and this is Masters Week. DJ and PK, come back with your feedback. A lot of you have been weighing in on uh, who you're rooting for in the title game tonight. Baylor's got a significant amount of support, and we will explain why coming up, or we will let you explain why you're you're in their corner. And then also weighing in as the Jazz go for the 10th straight win, try to beat the Mavericks for the third time this year. I uh, got a poll question up on that, and we will get to that next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. If the Jazz are good enough, they'll beat any team that stands in their way. I'm not your typical fan. I could give a flying bat's ear wing what team we play. We'll dominate them all. Go Jazz! In my heart, I am rooting for Gonzaga. Baylor will win. No team since 1978 when they went to 64 teams has won the title when entering undefeated. Gonzaga will fall! Donovan Mitchell has gotten so popular that the commencement ceremony of the graduation class of 2038 will sound something like this. Donovan Smith. Donovan Edwards. Donovan Miller. Donovan Sanchez. Donovan Johnson. That was good. All right, your feedback. Uh, You can always hit us up. Grab your phone. Use our app. Use the open mic feature. You can send us your takes, and Yaka will play them here at the end of the show. All three of those are from Dwight today. Congratulations, Dwight. Good work. Way to dominate. Uh, Brian tweets at us, uh, you know, who are you rooting for here? Uh, How can you not root for Gonzaga to win this thing? And Brian says, Gonzaga, they got players doing stupid celebratory dances after every basket scored. They deserve to be hated. Go Baylor. He compares them to Duke 92. He really doesn't like these guys. Yeah, but if you see it, I guess I'd have to look at that closer. But it doesn't seem to follow to me. I haven't really noticed that. I haven't noticed anything. The, uh, I'll, I'll look closer tonight because uh, tonight would be the celebration of all celebrations. Timmy's the only one who bugs me. It's not It's not a Gonzaga thing. Mm-hmm. I think Suggs and Kispert, they're just out there playing. They're fine. Timmy, if he's on your team, you probably love him. If he's on the other team, you hate him. <laughs> you just hate him. I, I he's talented, though. Really no, don't confuse that. that. Yeah, don't confuse that with talent. <laughs> he's got – I mean, he can play. Uh, how could you not root for Gonzaga? Well, BYU says if you're a certain current or former member of the Jazz, i.e. Royce O'Neal, Dennis Lindsay has his Baylor tie too. So, okay, though, we get do. that. I wasn't speaking to them. Right. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. We got uh, more people uh, weighing in here. Salt Lake Jake says, "If Baylor wins, I win my tourney pool and six hundred dollars." So, <laughs> Salt Lake Jake. Well, anytime you got cash on it, that makes a big difference. David says, "I wish BYU could," and he's got a BYU helmet for the uh, the avatar here. I wish BYU could win a conference championship at some point soon. But you have to admire what the Zags have built. Their fan base isn't annoying, and Coach Few seems like a great mentor. I do hope they win it all. Just taking a little edge off the rivalry there, PK. Too much, too much yeah, admiration. Your fan base isn't annoying. Yeah, you know, because you don't live with them. They're not in the same market. I I, I disagree. They have just as much arrogance as Arizona's fan base or any fan base that I've seen. Because I've been to Vegas. He hasn't been to Vegas. He hasn't been to the Orleans Arena when it's the – it might as well be the McCarthy Center of Vegas. All right, it's time for our You in a Golf Masters giveaway. You know how this works. Uh, caller 12 gets paired with one of the top 25 players in the world. Someone will get the field, the 26th contestant. Uh, if the player assigned you wins, then you receive the same brand of driver that that player has in their bag. Qualifiers are being assigned today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Keep listening. We'll have multiple qualifiers every show till we get all 26 qualifiers. So it is time right now for the UNA Golf Masters giveaway. Be caller 12 right now and see what player you get for this year's Masters. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Call right now. Be caller 12. 855-340-9663. It's brought to you by you win a golf, serving Utah golf since 1971. All right, time to welcome in Andrew right now. Andrew Reinhardt joining us from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And Andrew, you've been reading up. Cambridge University has been doing studies. Yes, there are significant studies now. If you're struggling with erectile dysfunction or any kind of frustration in the bedroom, uh, our acoustic wave therapy has been studied by Cambridge, like you said. And what they showed was that this opens up and regrows blood vessels enough that we can reverse ED. Uh, They tested our technology on guys with severe erectile dysfunction at basically 0%. So if you're out there listening and you're not at 0%, you're probably in a better category. You can benefit from this. The pills, the headaches, the blurred vision, the lack of spontaneity, has not been a good approach for a lot of guys. And they're coming out and saying, look, we want to treat the root cause. We want to, uh, you know, uh, turn back the clock a little bit in the bedroom. Everybody wants that on-demand function. You've got a special offer. You can help people out right now. Cut them a deal. Yes. Last segment of the day, guys. Give us a call. This is the first step in uh, reversing the ED, making sure you're a good candidate. The assessment and exam with our doctor is pretty cool, um, and he'll likely be able to tell you why you have erectile dysfunction, what has led to it. He'll test your blood vessels with a blood flow ultrasound. Plus, we'll throw in a little enhanced gift now that I don't think I've ever seen it fail. It produces immediate results in the bedroom, and it's all free. Uh, Give us a call now. All right, call them now, 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical, 801-901-8000. You can call Andrew Reinhardt, Wasatch Medical Clinic, and you can get the special offer he just detailed at 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right, we're out of time. Hans and Scotty are coming up next. We'll see you.